Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. Hey, what's up? I'm Amobi Okugo, a.k.a. a frugal athlete. So check this out. We came out with an all-new, extensive, brand-new course. Our course, Rookie Mistakes, is a course that helps young athletes and individuals avoid the common mistakes when starting your career. I provide real-life examples, lessons, insights, all that and more to teach you how to identify the rookie mistakes before you make them. And trust me, I've made a lot. It's all about giving yourself the best foundation and head start to build financial and career stability. For more information or to get the course, check out the link in bio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of a Frugal Athlete Podcast. Today we have Danielle Berman, uh, one of the most respected people in this space, the sports business career transition space. Um, there's not one person that doesn't know her. She's very well connected, very well respected. Uh, Danielle, how are you doing today? I'm good. That's such a kind introduction. I appreciate that. It's uh, really great to be here. Nice. Uh, thank you for t- taking the time. So you're the Founder of Tackle What's Next. Can you tell us what that's all about? And also, um, how did you get to that point? Yeah. Um, so I feel like you're in the present. No, I just feel I feel like you're in the present. So how did Tackle What's Next come along? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Tackle What's Next is really all about creating community for athletes in terms of what's next after the game, hence the name. Um, and I think the idea is a lot of times you feel like there's pressure on what you should be doing or what you're supposed to be doing or like how it's supposed to go. Um, And we really aim to focus on you, the individual, not the athlete, prioritizing you in that next chapter. So what do you want? What are you trying to do? What uniquely matters and is important and are you good at and that you can do? So that's really our focus. Um, We focus a lot on like the identity side of things that I'm sure any athlete listening to this has struggled with from time to time and probably any person has struggled with from time to time like who am I outside of my day job or outside of my sport um and really um our job is to make sure that every athlete finds a purpose outside of the game um and they don't walk away with kind of thinking the best years are behind them but there's a lot of opportunity ahead of them um so we really try and keep a positive spin on everything but like you said it it takes a lot of effort to get places so we don't ignore the challenges or the journey and the effort it takes to get there. Um, but that's, you know, what we do and, and who or who we are and, and how it started was, um, you know, a, a long while ago, I was consulting and doing some event work, some nonprofit work for different organizations, um, including some athlete nonprofits, um, was also talking to um, a few athletes I'd worked with in a past job that were transitioning out of sports and supporting them in some of their you know, interview prep resumes. Hey, I'm trying to, you know, figure out what's next for me. Um, I had worked for a former athlete right out of college. So I got this really unique look at like, what is life like after the game and all the cool opportunities you have to leverage your sports career and use those skills. So I kind of got like a really inside, you know, look at what that actual transition is like, um, for a lot of different athletes in different situations. Um, And at some point, you know, I wanted to do more than just kind of talk to one person and say, Hey, here's how you can, you know, fix your resume up. I thought, why don't we create, why don't I create something that kind of brings this community together around this? Like everyone seems to struggle with some aspect of what's next. And so, 
Um, it was not something that happened overnight, but you were part of kind of the founding of Moby was reaching out to you and to people like Malcolm Lemons to be like, hey, I want to put this event together in Miami in 2020. <laughs> that was so fun. You know, like, it, it was, it was awesome. But like, I was like, let's do this. It'd be so cool to like have people come together and talk about what's after sports. Because again, even three, two years ago, you know, it wasn't a big conversation. It was more like, let's focus on opportunities to maximize in the game. And, you know, after is cool, but, you know, it wasn't like the huge focus. I feel yeah. like that's kind of shifted into now. Um, and that was really the spearhead. You know, we did, someone reached out to, to me and said, can we do one in DC, which is where I am. Um, we did one right before Miami and DC with the NFLPA's retired players chapter here. Yeah. Um, and then we did Miami and, and as you know, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of great people turn out and Moby, you were gracious enough to speak at that event. And people were like, well, what do you guys give a website? Like, do you have yeah. more events coming up? Like, what else are you doing? And I was like, well, shoot, uh, I didn't, but like, I guess we do now. now I do. Yeah. So <laughs> it really kind of started out of that spark of like, I would love to do more. Um, and then it, then it just became like, what do we want the vehicle to be? Yeah. Is it events? Is it content? And obviously with, with COVID coming very shortly after that Super Bowl event, it quickly pivoted to virtual, but it's been a long, you know, year and a half, just yeah. kind of learning the ins and outs of how do you build a community when you can't get together, um, in person and, and how do you build, you know, platforms and resources, but it's, it certainly came together you know, unexpectedly wasn't planning on building out tackle what's next when I when I started off on my own in the in the sports consulting space, <laughs> but it's been a fun ride. <laughs> no, it, it definitely has. And you, you, know, you provide some great resources and you have built that community. So we're definitely gonna have your information in the show notes. Um, but you talked about, um, you know, working with the client and all the wonderful opportunities that he had. What's next? A lot of times athletes, when they're done, it's like, what do I do? Uh, you know, you work from five years old to become a professional athlete and then it's done. Mm -hmm. uh, but you mentioned like being an athlete, these opportunities that were like flowing for your client. Can you talk about that and like the opportunities that you've seen for yeah. athletes that are able to tackle what's next? Absolutely. I think the idea is like your, your, your sport takes a lot from you, right? And, and you mm -hmm. put a lot into it. And you have every right to leverage that opportunity for you too. Um, and that can look a lot of different ways, but like one of those things is just the access to people that you have as a professional athlete. Um, even as a former professional athlete, right? It's, it's always better while you're still playing to take advantage of these resources. But if you're listening to this and you've retired already, or if you've stepped away, you know, you still have that, you know, pro athlete title, and that can open a lot of doors for you. Um, you just have to know what you want to do once you get in there. Um, and that could be anything from, I just want to learn more about what you do, right? If you're going to somebody who's a professional or owns a business or is a sponsor of your team or, you know, works with your association or your alumni association, you just have to know that intention. But I think access is one of the, the biggest things that I think a lot of times you don't realize how much people would just love to sit and take a coffee meeting with you um, just because you're an athlete, right? And, and it's up to you to leverage that into something more than just your athletic, you know, talking about your athletic experience. Um, and then the other thing is, is resources. I think a lot of times it's, it's similar to, um, you know, when you're in college, right, there's a lot of resources out there for you that you don't necessarily take advantage of. And it's yeah. the same thing for, for a lot of pro athletes. There's a lot of opportunities for you to take advantage of resources from 
teams to associations, all these different benefits that are there. And a lot of them are available to you at low or no cost. Even if it's like, oh, you could sign up for this course and it's comp for yeah. you. Like take advantage of those benefits. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I saw this client that I worked with do is he used, he played in the NFL for a few years. He wasn't very good, but he used the shield. Hey, like let's stop that. He, he, if you make it to the NFL, you're good. So exactly. you're good. You're not, you're not a Hall he, of Famer, but you're good. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he made it. He did yeah. it. And he used that NFL name to get him in any door he wanted to go. And his perspective was exactly what you just said. And will be like, I've played in the best of the best. I could do anything I want. Like I now have this experience and he would walk into meetings and say, yeah, you know me because I played in the NFL or you care about me because I played in the NFL, but here's what I want to talk about. And he came ready to talk about either a business idea or a sponsorship opportunity, whatever it was. So, you know, I think there's just a lot of cards that professional athletes hold that they may not even realize they hold them because you've been so focused on your sport, right? That's, you have to be to, to stay a professional athlete. Yeah, um, and so, you know, really, I think me watching from the outside and learning kind of what he did was he really just had intentional conversations with people and took a lot of meetings to get to know what did he want to do and how did he want to do it? And he learned from a lot of people and the way he got in the door was saying, I played in the NFL and I'd love to meet with you. People were like, that sounds amazing. Like he was doing meetings at the UN. He was doing meetings <laughs> at, you know, different financial firms yeah. across the country, just because he said he was a former player and he, he was, you know, yeah. they could look it up. So it's, it's really about like using sport as much as it's using you. Um, I think that's a really important piece to remember is like, you have every right to leverage your experience as an athlete to get you in places. It's, it's, really helpful <laughs> no, you. I, you're, you're exactly right you know using sports as a vehicle so in, in your in your case you know a lot of athletes um you know they they know what they want to do in the sense of playing the sport like i know my position i know which team i want to play on i know how much you know my contract but when it comes to that next phase you know whether it's taking meetings you know informational interviews externships what are some ways that they can kind of identify some of the passions that they may want to pursue? Obviously there's a difference between passion and like purpose and job, obviously after you're playing. So how do you tackle what's next in that category? Mm, that's a really good question. And you brought up again, like the difference between like passion and purpose. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up is they think, mm -hmm. Oh, I should do like follow my passion. And I think it's really like follow your, your interests, but also follow your strengths. Like if you find that you're really, really good at something, um, that's the path to go down. It's not necessarily like, oh, I love food. And so I'm going to become a food blogger and I'm going to do this, right? Like no offense, but there's a lot of food bloggers out there. And, and while you may be successful at it, it's going to be a lot harder unless you are the best, right? And you put a ton of effort into being the best. Plus, you may not enjoy food or, you know, being a foodie as much if you dive into that. So you think about sport, like I'm sure there's a part of you that used to love it a lot more because it was fun and it wasn't a job right now. You've seen the business side and you still love it, but it's it's you understand how it works now. It's not just this joyful experience. Um, and I think that's where you you really do need to focus on understanding who you are. 
what are your strengths? What are you interested in? Cause that's still important, right? You still want to do something that you're excited about at the end of the day. Um, but I think we get caught up in like the sexy new thing to do, if that makes that's sense. True. Like, Oh, like I need to do this because I had a cool job as a pro athlete and now I need to do something else cool. And that's not necessarily true. You can make a lot of money going into an area where you're really good at it. Because just like I said, you're, you're talented. Number one, number two, you can use your skills as an athlete to become really successful at that thing. Um, and so I think it starts with, with just sitting down with yourself and really thinking about, and you can do this now, like while you're playing, you know, a couple times a week, just like make a list of things you enjoy doing, make a list of things you've noticed. People say like, wow, you're so good at this. It could be like, you're so good at, you know, the logistics of planning things. You're always planning different things on our away trips, right? You're always like, you're a good planner. You're a good organizer. Like keep a list of that stuff and keep a list of things you think you're good at because those are the areas you can start to explore. Like, how do I use those things to either create a business, to work for someone? Maybe there's a purpose you're trying to reach, right? And I, I would say yeah. that's the next step too, is like, what do you want to do with that? What impact do you want to make? Um, and I think that's more important than like what job title you have is like, you could be an accountant, which is not a sexy job at all, but you could be making enough money that, or, or hiring enough people that you could be making a big difference. You might have control over certain things to make an yeah. impact that way. So that was a long drawn out answer to answer your question, <laughs> but it really depends. No, but I think it's great because it speaks to as status as an athlete, professional athlete, you know, it's high status. So it's like when you're telling someone you work as an accountant or a clerk or a logistics person, it may not get the, the that same like, oh, my gosh. But the fact that you're providing value is uh, important. And the fact that you're being you're able to, you know, provide a living, you know, not everyone can make enough money to just retire after they're done playing. And then I really liked what you talked about when it comes to writing down skills that you know you're good at, but then also skills that other people say that you're good at. And then kind of building a list of the two and then matching it with who you may know in those areas that you want to get better. I think that's really important for, for the athlete. So when it comes to uh, transition, uh, I really wanted to ask this question. How can we translate our skills in sport to corporate or entrepreneurship entrepreneurship space after a lot of times people's like well I played 10 years in the league like they don't like I, I don't know Google Excel or I don't know this I don't know that like how do I translate that onto like a resume or in an informational interview or different things like that how can I craft my story yeah it's it's a great question and we get that question all the time or we'll get like I don't have any work experience I've only yeah. played sports and I always have to kind of laugh because professional athlete means that that's your job. You do have work oh. experience. You get a paycheck, right? You, yeah. you show up at a certain time. Like, you know, you, you've got certain things you got to do. Um, but to your point about the translatable skills, when you think about the corporate world, um, there's so many similarities to sports, right? We talk about like coming down to the wire. We talk about cool under pressure, you know, scrapping the playbook, like all these sports terminologies apply so effortlessly into entrepreneurship, corporate America. And we use a lot of sports terms in business because a lot of the same skill sets are required. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of times, um, it's, a, it's helpful to think about some of these skills and think like, have I done that? So like thinking about leadership, have you ever been a team captain? Have you ever been a leader in your position group, right? 
Have you ever, you know, taken the lead on a team activity? Maybe it was a community day. Maybe it was, you know, a, a marketing campaign for a sponsor and you encourage guys to come out or girls to come out. But you might be a leader in that way. It doesn't always mean I've ran a company or I've overseen manage no. like manage people, but you have indirectly almost. And then um, again, thinking about like really important skills, if you're talking about corporate America, that like ability to take constructive criticism. Yeah. Hello, you guys got coaches yelling at you all the time. You're taking constructive <laughs> criticism every day yeah. and you're, you're actually changing, you know, the work that you're putting in. Um, so to be able to take criticism, to be able to, you know, hear feedback and implement it, especially sometimes on the fly, right? Maybe a play didn't go well. The coach draws up a new one in the huddle on the sidelines. Okay, here's what we're going to do. That is working under pressure. So there's so many skills and it's really just about translating it into terms that corporate America would understand. And so instead of being like, oh, you know, I ran the new play that coach gave me, yeah. right? You're, you're going to want to jazz that up a bit and just say, you know, uh, have a lot of experience changing plans on the fly or being flexible with the game plan, interpreting new plans, running with new ideas, um, being flexible, like all these things that again, job seek job or, you know, employers are looking for in their, in their employees, they can teach you how to do Google sheets and Excel. Like they can show you how to do that. Yeah. What they want to know is you're going to be able to take their coaching, get constructive feedback, and again, as athletes, you guys are such great, like visual thinkers, like you can visualize the outcome, you can yeah. goal set, like all these things that you're doing to get to the end of the season or to get to the championship. You just have to translate that into like, well, what would a business be goal setting for? Right. Like mm -hmm. maybe you had a milestone to like be really good at penalty kicks and you practice penalty kicks in your spare time outside of practice. And now you're much better at penalty kicks. Like that shows you're taking initiative and there's ways you can like translate that onto a resume. That's just saying, you know, took time out of my own personal time to, you know, improve my penalty kicks. And the best part about it is you guys have the numbers to prove it. You don't have to figure out like, how do I quantify that? You could be like, yeah, my, you know, my percentage went up 20% after I did that, like quantifiable results. So you have that unique ability where it's a good or bad thing. Everything's quantified for you guys, but you can use that to show that you're improving or, you know, you can, you can give inside stories to your experience as an athlete on your resume. And when you're in an informational interview, you can talk about that and they might yeah. be like, wow, it's almost like this. And you're like writing yeah. that down. This is a good way to describe it. Thank Perfect. you. Right. <laughs> I think you told me about like having like a sore story, like a situation, uh, obstacle, action and result. And like, we can use that to help with whether it's, you know, working with the corporate sponsor, you know, informational interview, you know, yep. like an actual interview. So I think, can you please break that down? Um, I try to give like the acronym for it, but I know with what you do, this is your bread and butter. Yeah. So I think that the idea is you really want to be able to take someone on in a, through the story as if you, <laughs> as if they're there. And I think the impact is the big piece there. Um, so, you know, when you're talking about you know, a situation, right? You want to put them in that situation. They may have never and likely have never played professional sports before, and they probably don't know the situation you're in. So you want to start off with, here's what was going on. Then you want to talk about, here's what we were trying to do, right? Here's what we're trying to get to. Here's the action we took to do that. And then here's what happened, right? And so if you break those four things down, you're actually showing them what was going on, 
what you were trying to do, how you did it, and what happened. And that's business at the end of the day. There's a situation, you want to get to a certain objective, there's an action you take, and then you have a result. If that doesn't work, just start at the beginning. You look at where you are, you have another objective, the same objective, you take a different action, and you analyze the result. And so I think for athletes, you guys have this amazing opportunity to look at your sports experience, take those different situations, could be a game, right? You know the objective, win the game, but you could even break it into like, my job was to defend this person. My objective was to make sure he or she had zero points or zero assists, yeah. whatever it is, like under this number, I took this action and it got this result. And you could translate, you know, share those experiences. I think the idea is more you being able to break it down more than like having that person like the situation isn't really that important. It's being able to show them yeah. that you can break it down this way, right? That really matters because then they can go, oh my gosh, they know how to do this. Like yeah. I, I could tell them that this is about an Excel spreadsheet and they'll see the situation, the objective, they'll take an action, they'll see the result. They don't care what the sports yeah. actual situation is, right? That's irrelevant. But if you can break it down that way for them, they're going to go, I can teach them the work I want them to do and they will follow our prop. They will follow the process. If that makes uh, sense. It's more about the process. No, I appreciate that breakdown because I talked to a lot of guys and gals about this as well. Like the way you craft your story, your skill set, you we already have it. Like negotiation. You have to negotiate with your agent, your your coach, your GM. Uh, people skills, you know, if, especially in soccer, I'm playing with people from uh, Spanish speaking descent, French speaking descent. How do we can collaborate on the field when we can't, you know, speak the same language? People yeah. like CRM, like just dealing with different people, understanding like different assignments, different things, like different formations, like all these different things. And I could go on and on and on just like you can, because this is what you do. Um, it's just important that athletes have the confidence uh, to unlock their full potential. You mentioned uh, Google Sheets and Excel, <laughs> and that's something that if I'm not tra transitioning yet, I mean, you're, I feel like you're always transitioning. Let me take that back. But if there is something like a certain skill set that I would recommend for any athlete, like a course to take in the off season, Excel would be one of them. Do you have any other, like, like a book you must read or yeah. like a, a course that you must take or something that like a skill set that you might have to learn? in your free time to help you when, when it's all said and done? Yeah. I mean, I would say Excel is a huge one because nobody knows how to use it and they are always <laughs> looking for people to know how to use it. Like if you can walk in somewhere and be like, I know how to use Excel. People are like, Oh my God. Yeah. So it's, you're like a celebrity. Um, I would say, you know, a really, um, a good resource that I refer people to is it's a newsletter. I haven't read, I have read his book, but I have, I haven't like shared it too much, but Atomic Habits by James Clear oh, is yeah. fantastic. A, he also has a newsletter that comes out every week. So if you don't have the book, but you kind of want to check him out, it's really about um, building habits slowly and how perfection is not attainable, right? And the fact that we, like his one of his quotes today, it comes out on Thursdays. One of his quotes was like, you know, um, it, it's the worst thing is to think that like, if you can't do it perfectly, you shouldn't do it. Um, yeah. And I think that's really good when you're thinking about what's next and how you're going to learn new things or build new habits and skills. 
thinking about it in those like small, like I'll just walk for five minutes a day, like in that example, or like, I'm just going to meet with one person a week and like, see what I learn. Um, then nothing happens overnight. So it was a really good read for me as an entrepreneur and as someone working in the space. And I think everyone that hasn't read it, um, will get a lot out of it. So that's always one I recommend. Um, another thing I would just say, this isn't a specific book or resource, but I would just say, start to follow news or updates in the industry you're interested in. So if you're really interested in like marketing, um, like PR, like start to look for those different newsletters or podcasts and start consuming stuff about that industry. It's a great way without like putting too much time and effort in to like, see if this is interesting to you. If you're listening to a bunch of PR people talk about PR and you're like, this is the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. I could never imagine doing this. Maybe that's not a path you want to go down. Um, And to that end, you mentioned it, Amobi, like connecting with people and meeting people. I think the most I've ever learned is by sitting in a room or sitting on Zoom with someone and having a conversation about what their day is like or what their job is like. Um, You can learn so much more by making relationships with people and they open doors for you. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a a one-two punch, but, you know, I think atomic habits is a really good start for someone trying to think about like, how do I start to add all these things into my day? Um, And I, and I would also say, you know, again, follow the areas you're interested in, start consuming books, podcasts, newsletters, whatever your jam is, right. Start consuming all of that because it's a really easy way to learn. And we're all really lucky that we live in this time where like so much is out there for us to access and and learn from. So as much as I can narrow it down, because I am definitely a book podcast, like junkie and I consume probably too much. (laughs) Is there, is there like a list of athletes where you're like, if you know, you, you kind of recommend them to your clients in sense like, all right, follow that person. Or this is someone that I would recommend in terms of their, how they've transitioned or how they're taking steps to transition um, or to tackle what's next rather. Yeah. So obviously we we've highlighted a number in some of our different content series. I would definitely, and I'm not saying this just because we're talking here today, like you are such a great role model for so many athletes because uh, that was, that's, that's, that counts as a paid sponsorship. <laughs> there <Thank> you go. <laughs> no, but really, I think it's, it's really awesome what you've put together and the fact that like, there is this big vision behind it. Um, I really recommend that folks check out um, the, if you don't know them already, which you probably do, the Malcolm Lemons, the Natalie Allports, um, you know, another fantastic person is um, Tully Bebelacqua. Um, I'm trying to think of folks that we've talked to, um, a Miriam Glez who started Athlete Soul, right? There's so many, like from Olympians to pros to college to international, there's so many folks out there that have done such different things with their story. Um, you know, and then there's some bigger names, obviously that you would hear about like the, um, uh, Derek Morgans and the, um, Calvin Beachums and, and folks that actually, you know, have huge, huge platforms reach, you know, are, are doing huge deals. Right. And, And working to change a lot of stuff. Um, the Ryan Mundy's of the world. Right. And I think there's just so many folks to look to. So I certainly have a list, but you know, I think at the end of the day too, like the idea is that we're all, like you said, constantly transitioning. 
um, and that you can really learn something from anyone. And I think yeah. for us, we're always trying to share stories of athletes in different situations. Like maybe they played for an Olympic team, maybe they played in college, maybe they played professionally or they still do. Cause the idea is like, they might have a perspective on something that a listener hasn't thought about before, or they may share some similarity that they're like, wow, if she can do it, or if he could do it, I could do it too. Um, so we, we certainly have worked with a ton of amazing athletes that are doing such awesome things. And I could probably spend the next 20 minutes, like sitting here naming yeah. folks that we've worked with that are just fantastic. And so if I didn't mention you here, like, please apologize, like apologies. I, I know all of you are fantastic <laughs> and I love you all. Um, but like, yeah, I think that there's this, that's the best thing about where yeah. we are right now is there's so many amazing examples. I mean, just look at like recent news, like Naomi Osaka standing up and being like, I'm not going to play because I'm going through this mental health journey. And if you guys are going to kind of force me out, then I, I don't need to cause drama. Yeah. I just really need to take care of myself. Like that amount of power and just, you know, bravery from her part is a huge example and, and it's going to change a lot of lives. So again, there's just so many athletes now that I would say, are using their voices and standing up for things, you know, the Renee Montgomery's and Natasha clouds and WNBA um, stars. So it's, it, there's so many great examples of folks that are just taking their platform that sport gave them and creating what they want out of it. And I think that's the idea is like, look for those folks that you're like, wow, I would love to do that. Let me talk to them. Let me find out, you know, how they did what they did. Cause the other thing is this didn't happen overnight. And I'm sure Moby, you can speak to that too. Like, this was not like I woke up one day, put that website together and was like, okay, I did it. Like it takes years and hard work and effort to get there, but you could do it. You can do it. If, if all of us can do it, you can do it too. Perfect. That's, that's amazing advice. And those are all valid, valuable names that people should definitely follow and aspire and take uh, lessons from. Obviously, you know, you've seen the numbers, you've seen the statistics around athletes, you know, suffering, you know, financially and just, uh, mentally because of that transition who do you think and this might be uh i'm not asking this question to get you in trouble but because i i go back and forth on it i feel like athletes should definitely be proactive but do you think the leagues and organizations should do more around um, providing transition resources or do you think that athletes need to be a little bit more proactive yeah it's it's i think the age-old question like who is responsible for this, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's tough because yes, to answer your question simply, like absolutely. I think the more resources we can have at the league or association levels and the pros, the better. Um, I see no reason why it's not possible or more, more common. Um, I think the issue is you have to find the, again, these are businesses, they're trying to make money. You have to find the money for it, um, which uh -huh. sounds a little crazy for talking about like pro teams that are making tons of money. Uh, I don't think the issue is that they don't have it. I think the issue is it's not a priority from the top down. Um, and so I think that's what needs to change in terms of teams, leagues, associations, right? Everybody knows that there's somebody in that front office that's advocating for the players, but if it's not everybody, then it's hard to be like, oh, we're going to take money away from this marketing team and put it towards um, you know, transition services for players, or we're going to take this money that typically we have as profit and put it towards transition, you know, yeah. like it's, you have to have that common, like, okay, this is important to us as an organization or as a league. 
I think we're slowly, very slowly, like getting more towards that reality. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, there are benefits out there, I think that athletes can take advantage of, but there, there's some disconnect between what's available and what people take advantage of. So I would absolutely behoove any athletes listening, like reach out to your alumni programs. If you're already out, reach out to your players associations and ask, like, just genuinely be like, what do you guys have? Like that I can take advantage of. Like it's, it may seem like a dumb question, but like they would absolutely love to tell you all the amazing things they've set up for you guys. Um, And on the flip side, like if you are working in one of these organizations, start to have those conversations. Like, are there things we can do for our retired players or alumni? Like, how can we support them more and, and have those conversations? I think the first step is like, just getting people on the phone or on a call to be like, what do you want? I think that's also part of their problem is we're a lot, we're really focused on like cookie cutter solutions, right? Like, oh, here's this program. And you put your information in and it spits you out, like what you should do or how you should transition into what career or or et cetera. Um, And it's such an individual process that it's hard to create like successful cookie cutter solutions. So I think it's going to take a long time before we have these programs that like we know how to how to meet each person's needs because it's going to evolve but yeah I mean I think if if teams and leagues and owners can think about like the only reason we're here is because of the athletes so it's the only reason we're here it's the only reason we're making the money we're making and so it would only be fair to create these programs that support them as they leave the sport as they leave the industry so I, I, I can definitely confidently say I'm not going to get in trouble for this because I've been saying it forever. Like there's, there's got to be support and that's where we're trying to fill some gaps. But we'd love to see it happening in every pro team and every pro association and every college athletic department that they're also taking care of those that have already passed through the ranks because yeah. it, it matters. What would you say about this question because a lot of people there's like pushback like if I'm a young player young rookie my first goal is to make the team got to keep the main thing the main thing how early obviously you have student athletes not everyone's going to make it to that next level but then for the ones that do how early should they start preparing you know for possibly tackling what's next I know it's it's tough you don't want to think about the end of your sports career um and this is going to be like a really course answer but like it's coming whether you want <laughs> yeah. it to or not um and I think that's the the message we try to send is like absolutely we want you to play professionally as long as possible that is the goal right we want you to have 10 20 year career if you can right if you can swing yeah. it if you're in a sport where that's a thing um you know if you can do it amazing but what's common among every athlete in any sport is that one day and probably one day not too far off in the distant yeah. future it will end whether it's, um, you know, because you don't want to do it anymore because you can't do it anymore because there's not an opportunity for you to do it anymore. Um, and so I would say as soon as you, if you're a rookie and you're like, I have time, no one's saying, go get an internship. No one's saying, get a full-time job outside of playing, but start to do those little things, start to write down some things you're interested in start to connect with people. Right. It just takes like building a LinkedIn profile and reaching out to some folks, right. To, to start making traction. And so it's not an all or nothing thing. Like it's an ever growing, you can focus on it in the off season only, but I would highly recommend that, you know, you're 
most relevant while you're playing. And if you start when you leave your pro sports, you're leaving a ton of opportunities on the table. So the opportunity cost of waiting until you're retired to take advantage of the connections and opportunities available to you while you're playing is high. So take advantage of it now. Start meeting your sponsored team sponsors now, like meet your front office staff now. It takes 30 minutes out of your day. You're there anyways, right? Like make those connections. It can be that easy. And then you're, you have these relationships yeah. to call on when that day comes, you're not starting from scratch. So it's, no one's going to like that answer, but yeah. as early as possible. <laughs> you got to be brutally honest. If you, if you had yeah. like, obviously you do a lot of work helping athletes in this space. If you had a new client right now, what would be like the five-step action plan right now to tackle what's next? Mm -hmm. Well, I would first sit them down and we'd have a conversation about what that looks like for them. If they mm -hmm. have any idea. Um, cause that's, that's the first thing is they have to have some kind of goal or objective to get to. So we'd figure out what that is. So step number one would be, what does what next look like for you? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and step two would be, you know, how do you fit in? So who are you? What, how do you play into this goal? What strengths do you have, et cetera, et cetera. How do we get there, right? Where are you now? And how do, how do you get there? Um, so we'd look and say, okay, we've decided, you've kind of decided where you wanna go. We know a lot about you now and where you, where you can plug in. Now, how do we get there? And then the fourth and fifth steps are trial and error, right? It's that action result that we talked about earlier. Okay, we figured out how to get there. Now we try and get there. And then we analyze the result. Maybe that didn't work. Or more commonly, maybe you didn't like it. Yeah. Totally fine. <laughs> Trying is good. Trying is success. So then you go back to, okay, same goal or different goal. Same thing. Who are you? How are you going to get there? And you just repeat the process. Okay. How are we yeah. going to get there? Take the action, analyze the result. It's, it's so, I was talking to somebody earlier today, like it's, the process is not complicated. Mm -hmm. The hard part is actually doing it. Exactly. That's the hard part. And so I think again, the writing and the paper and the planning is great, but at some point you got to jump off the cliff and say, I'm going to do it and let the chips fall where they may. Right. And, and because you have all these amazing skills, you're going to be fine, but it's totally okay to a fail and B decide you don't like it. Like that's mm -hmm. absolutely fine. People do it all the time. They'll start a job. They'll be like, this job sucks. I do not want to work here anymore. And they will look for a new job and nobody's like, Oh my God, how could you do that? It's just a matter of working in this day and age is yeah. you just, you want to focus on what you want to do. So those would be my five steps. And I think, again, we're not talking rocket science here, but the hard part is not making the plan. It's executing the plan. That's where the real tough days come in because it's not always going to be easy, but you could do it. Uh, and I really like that. I think it, it kind of closes, you know, what your whole mission is about. You know, you help athletes understand their true value, their full potential outside of sports. At the end of the day, it's all about executing that and identifying the, the talent, the skill sets, the passions, the purpose that, that, we, that we all have. Danielle, is there any lasting things that you want to leave the audience with? Uh, how can they connect with you? I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, yeah, thank you for having me, Alobi. It's, it's awesome to come on. I appreciate the opportunity. And um, you can find us at tacklewhatsnext.com. Um, pretty much anything on there, you can reach out to us. Um, you can also follow us on social media. We're on most platforms, just at Tackle What's Next. Um, and uh, of course, you can uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter. 
um, which comes out on Wednesdays, our Tackle What's Next weekly, some really good stories and, and features of the different athletes we work with, some of whom I just mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, we'd love to connect. And, and even if you just start your journey by reading the newsletter every week, it's a good, it's a good look at some things people are up to. So thanks for the opportunity. And, and I'm really excited about what you're doing at a frugal athlete too. So thanks for having me. Uh, thank you so much. I'm definitely going to have to connect again. You've got some collapse in the works. I know you're, you're, you're busy working, but. Uh, <laughs> no, we got to do it. <laughs> yeah. As always, tackle what's next. They got great stuff. So make sure you check them out. We're going to have all her information in the show notes, um, book recommendations, actionable advice. I learned a lot as always. I definitely think you guys can provide, find value. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review uh rate it uh even if you didn't like it rate it it helps us get discovered and you know find more great guests like danielle from tackle what's next um that's it i hope you guys enjoyed and see you guys soon thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode for more information check out the show notes and go to our website www.afrugalathlete.com if you enjoyed please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe thank you so much